Yeah, no intro today. I'm just in a bad mood, Raheel. Just in a really Why? bad mood. Why are you in a bad mood? Just the sports, man. Like, we can't have anything nice anymore, right? Like, everybody wants to leave the Astros. The Texans are a disaster. The Dynamo are a real disaster. Everyone hates the Rockets, and all the players want to leave. Right now, Houston sports are putting me in, like, I'm walking around life like, doo, 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 doo. everybody hates Houston. And that's how it feels right now. I'm angry about it. I'm not excited. Uh, Russell Westbrook, good. Go. I didn't want you here in the first place. Bring wow. back CP3. Oh, no. You're not getting CP3 back. Okay, CP3 is not coming back. The Russell Westbrook hate that the Rockets have, uh, of course, it started when Russell Westbrook beat out James Harden for the most valuable player because of the triple doubles and Rockets fans have had it out for him ever since. And then when he was on the Rockets, all the red rowdies were like, yeah, this is why we love Russell Westbrook. Now he plays with so much energy. And yesterday, Russell Westbrook requested a trade. Now we'll see where he ends up. Um, By the way, Charlotte looks like a good landing spot for him. It's a Jordan brand, of course, uh, team and Michael Jordan being one of the owners there. So with Russell Westbrook, I want to spend some time on this because so many people end up hating Russell Westbrook, you included. No, I hate everybody, though. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That is fair. That is fair. I I mean, I I don't hate James Harden, and I'm not a proponent for trading James Harden. Mm -hmm. I am not a huge James Harden guy because there's a pattern here of superstar players, maybe not at their elite superstarism, but that have been run out of town. Dwight, who still had a year or two left in the tank, in my opinion, to help this team out. Now the NBA changed a little bit when he came, but Dwight run out of town. CP3, who was the voice that James Harden needed, the closest they've come to a championship during his era, out. And the trade made sense at the time. I'm not trying to do like at the time, like, yeah, you always trade CP3, who's always hurt for Russell Westbrook, who never gets out of the first round. You do that. Um, The whole thing is just, is is James Harden the problem? Is everybody the problem? Is Tillman the problem? They're all the problem. Daryl's gone. We can't blame him anymore. Oh, but Daryl left everyone with this mess, by the way. Daryl, yeah, he did. Absolutely. He was the general manager that leveraged the entire future of this team by getting Russell Westbrook and not having, you know what? Look, the reason he made that trade was because James Harden, wanted Russell Westbrook, right? They wanted to play together, so they made that trade. I get it. You have to do that. Let, let, me, pause you. let me pause you. Let me pause you, Yeah. Let me pause you. We've known Daryl for a long time. Yep. Does the Clint Capella move or the Russell Westbrook move feel to you a Daryl Morey move? Because to me, it doesn't. To no, me, it feels like Capella outside does. influence. Capella does. Capella does. You're, you're taking away ball. the big man going all small ball. That is Daryl Morey. Um, so one more thing. This is what happens when you give so much power to James Harden in your organization, right? It's all about James Harden. Maybe James Harden isn't the best person to listen to for advice on personnel. There's a reason why the most successful teams have a situation set up where the GM and the head coach, they work in tandem, not the players and the GM, right? And, and it, it it's rough because now you're stuck with Russell Westbrook. You're not going to get the same value back. There's no way because... He's 31. The contract is huge. I don't know how many teams are going to take that deal on and how much, how many guys you're going to get back that will get you the same value, right? But this is what happens when you give so much power to James Harden. And I think that's one thing we're, we're all forgetting. James Harden has the most power in this organization. He's the only one left and everyone has left, right? Maury, D'Antoni, and maybe D'Antoni dealt a little bit more with Tillman why he didn't want to come back. 
but the players that you mentioned. And we saw a new report today from Stephen A. Smith. Again, this is a report. Ah, this is what he's hearing. Again, but look, but everything's a report right now, right? Yeah, like yeah. the athletic thing was a report too. Russell yep. Westbrook hasn't come out and said, I want to be traded. But that report said that he, Westbrook doesn't want to play with James because James is so ball dominant. That makes sense, actually, right? That is Russell, 100. And yeah. so is Russell, though. Yeah, but that's They're the thing. They're both very ball dominant guys. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Uh, to me, it's trade Harden, too. If you're going to go full-on rebuild, if you just want to win 50 games and maybe get to the Western Conference Finals and that's about it, then you keep Harden. If you want to rebuild this the right way and not give so much power to one player, then trade him as well. Try to get something back as well, and let's see what happens. To me, it's always been James Harden. I, I'm it, not the there, biggest. There's no yeah. doubt. There's yeah. no doubt. You're right. It is James Harden. But you don't get, like you mentioned, you won't get the value back for Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. You absolutely won't get the value back for James Harden. And I use this example all the time, and I don't know if it's a good example, but it's the one that I know. I was in Dallas for many years with Dirk Nowitzki, and we heard the same stuff about Dirk. Yeah, you want to get to the Western Conference Finals, have Dirk, but you want to win, get rid of him. right? Uh, the difference is I saw Dirk's game change each offseason and take his team to a different level. He did get knocked out by a, a eight seed as a one seed, a 68-win team. He did lose in the NBA Finals, a series that they were up, was it 3-1? Whatever it was against the Heat. They, they should have won that series uh, the first time they played the Heat in 2006. So I've seen this song and dance before with a different superstar, so I'm not willing to trade my alpha superstar player. I do want to see if Steven Silas, if he can really get the pieces in motion. He said in the press conference last week he wants to see more movement. We've been preaching that, Raheel, since James Harden got to town. We And that was the biggest fault of Mike D'Antoni. As much as I love Mike, he was – he was a player's coach who allowed the players to kind of dictate the offense. And this team needs something at the end of games that is different than let me dribble, let me dribble all day long. Good song, by that's the way. A, that's a great point right there. Another another factor of James Harden has too much power. Mike D'Antoni, right? The whole system shifted to, hey, iso ball's number. That's the best thing ever. Iso ball, iso ball. We've got the greatest iso ball player. We've got the greatest offensive weapon ever. All that stuff, right? You got way too much power in one guy. So that's what's going to happen. One of the other things in that report, and we see all of your comments. We're going to get to them in just a second. I'm fired up now. I'm so excited. You're angry too. It. I'm not angry. I'm just excited to talk about accountability. I don't know the whole story if you had a chance to read it, but one of the big prevailing themes in that whole thing was accountability. Russell Westbrook felt like as an organization, there was not enough accountability. There were stories in there about James not being accountable, right? And when you call him out on it, he doesn't like it because he's had it like he's almost like an only child, right? And, and I'm going through this right now. I have an only child, my daughter. And if you criticize an only child, Ooh, boy, be ready. Be ready. They are not good with criticism. They're not good with accountability because they've had it their way for so long. And that's what James Harden is, unfortunately. So there, there has to be a moment where James has to realize that maybe it's me. You know, maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. But he <laughs> has to have this big moment. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think. Uh, it, why would a guy change this late in his career when he's been so successful? Oh, no, I got to read this. I think this was a shot at you, Raheel. Ben. Mm -hmm. Ben says, if you just want to win 50 games and go to the Western Conference Finals, what an idiot. I, yeah, I that's it. Like that. No, that is it. If, that's what, if you want that, then great. Then keep James Harden. Perfect. Go for it. 
excellent. You probably won't get to the Western Conference Finals, but let's just say that's it. You're not getting to the Finals. You're not winning at all with James. There has been nothing in James's career that says that he is going to win a title. So hey, tell me where wait. I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate. What about sure. that one year they got to the Western Conference Finals? Oh, Josh Smith helped them against the, the Clippers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Game six where James yeah. was on the bench. Great point. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember that. And then Chris Paul, remember... When Chris Paul hurt his hamstring, it was impossible. Nobody could hit a shot, including James. So, yeah, like, do you? what do you do there, right? Do you just ride out the last two years of this deal and you make it work and you hope that maybe you catch fire and get to the Western Conference Finals, get eliminated again, or you get blown out in the second round? That's, that's where you are until James realizes that, hey, I need other people. I need to adjust my game and people hold him accountable within the Rockets. It's not going to change. We've never seen a change like that. With Dirk, you know, one of the things about Dirk you brought up and you were there, Dirk always made the adjustment, in my opinion. Yep. And, and, he, and he was great with like, okay, you want me to do this? Don't do that. That's fine. Absolutely. It wasn't Dirk's way or the highway. And he, he altered was, his game every yeah, offseason. No every offseason, right? And, and, and I'm not saying James doesn't work on his game in his offseason, but he doesn't play well with other superstars. It, it, that's just a fact, and that's fine. If that's what the Rockets want, they just want James and all the money that comes with James Harden, great. That's what you're going to get. But you're not going to get a title. Here, here's the thing, though. I think James is a microcosm of life in the NBA. The player has all the power. So James gets what he wants. LeBron gets what he wants. The superstars typically get everything they want. The difference is LeBron's amazing. The Second best player in the world, maybe of all time. I'm a Michael guy, as you know. Um, you know, so there, there's a difference in that, right? That the NBA is that you do what the player wants because they have a little bit more power. They'll leave. They're unhappy. You know what? Deal with being unhappy, guys. I agree. It is time. As um, I, I don't know if it's time to move from James Harden, just because I don't know what kind of value you're going to get for him. And I, I, I'm a big believer in value. And you still have a little bit of a championship window. Like, who knows what happens with LeBron this year? If he if he finally realizes he's old, mm-hmm. things could change, right? Uh, the Clippers, maybe they're, they're, the Clippers are the same thing as the Rockets, right? A team of all this promise, they've never reached it there. Uh, the Celtics, maybe they reach their, their their potential in the next year. I think there's a lot of, what, is Jimmy Butler going to be able to replicate what he did last year? It's still open if the right pieces are in play. I still believe that. You can put somebody next to James if he alters his game. But the big question is Steven Silas, the kind of guy that can talk James Harden into altering his game. And I'm not 100% convinced that Russell's gone because you can't trade him if you don't get value. What if Silas – do you think they told Silas in the interview process, we're probably getting rid of this dude? Or do you think they told him you're going to have him? No, they told him they had him. Like one of the big selling points even at his press conference that uh, you, you mentioned last week, one of the big things was, hey, how are you going to use Russell and James – and supposedly Russell and James signed off on the coaching signing and all that stuff. I think there was discussion that, hey, we're moving forward with this team. We're good with it because these new reports didn't surface until yesterday morning. And yesterday morning, it was both James and Russell went out because they don't believe the Rockets are heading in the right direction as an organization. And that falls on one man, Tillman Fertitta. So we saw that report. Then later that evening, uh, Shams had the report that, Russell wants out. That's it. And then Stephen A. Smith this morning said the reason he wants out is because he doesn't think that he and James can play together. And that makes sense. Basketball sense. It makes so much sense. If there's one guy that should be better off the ball and should adjust his game, it's James. Like James would be awesome off the ball because he is a good shooter, right? Like, and he can get his shot. He needs to move a little bit more, but is he going to make that adjustment? It comes back to that main question. 
even if Steven Silas said, you know, hey, guys, here's what we want to do. Here's how, how we think we can change this offense. We think we can make this work. Will you guys, are you guys willing to change your game? Russell, are you willing to change your game? That's that's it. That's the player's league point that you brought up. Are they willing to adjust their games? Is James willing to adjust his game? I don't know. We haven't seen anything that says he is. Well, look, uh, and, and I like this point here from Joseph. Let me find it back. I had it a minute ago. Is is Tillman another Jerry Jones? Hate to say it, or it's another. I don't think so because I think Jerry Jones is an amazing owner who meddles too much. There's a. I don't know if Tillman can be put in the amazing owner category just yet. We don't know. <laughs> We don't know anything. Like we really don't. Like we, you know, we've been told he'll spend in the luxury tax. We've been told that he's given his GMs uh, car blanche to do things, but we don't know. It feels different there at Toyota Center. It's not the same feel under less. I mean, that's just how it feels as an outsider. I don't know how it is in there. Uh, but look, you have a superstar. How old is James now? 30, 31, right? Thirty-one, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's still in the sweet spot another two years, right? But this is your window. Like this. You basically have what twelve to fourteen, no, twelve to twenty-four months to, to win a championship with James Harden, and that's mm-hmm. it. So if you really believe partnering him up with, like, could you imagine? And I hate to be all over the place, but had they been able to get a guy like Jimmy Butler, who would not have been Jimmy Butler that we saw in Miami, there's no way he would have been. But that kind of influence on James would go one of two ways: amazing, or the same way it went with Chris Paul. Tune him out. I ain't doing that. I think it's going to be the latter. It's Unfortunately, it's going to be that where I don't want that criticism. I don't want this guy all over me because I've had it my way for so long. And I, I don't like people telling me what to do, right? In that story, there was uh, Russell Westbrook had a big meeting in the locker room. He went around and told everybody, hey, here's what you could do better. Here's what I could do better. When he got to James, James wasn't receptive about that, right? Again, when you hype up a guy that you're the best player ever, you're the greatest offensive weapon, you're James, you're the man, most valuable player every single year, you should never lose that award because you're the greatest thing we've ever seen. When that person is criticized, how do you think they're going to deal with criticism? Don't. I don't think they don't, right? And then going back to your point about uh, Tillman Fertitta, you can only grab the context clues of what is being said, right? Um, Steven Silas and Raphael Stone both mentioned Tillman as a thank you, Tad Brown as a thank you, Patrick Fertitta as a thank you. So how much yep. role does Patrick Fertitta have in all of this? This is um, this is madness right now, but here we are, man. And we haven't even talked about the Houston Texans oh my gosh. and the Astros. I just It just angers me. I we know. were in a euphoric state. Let's just go back to th- 2017. I'm not even talking about the World Series. You get Deshaun Watson. He's amazing. You've got the Texans, like they're winning games, and I know they've gone up and down since then because of injuries. You've got the, the the Rockets are a team that could go to the championship, and right now everybody wants out. Can you go in the last twelve months? All the superstar players that have or names that have left or are about to leave. We're yep. talking GMs, head coaches, faces of franchises gone. We could have JJ gone by next year. I mean, there. Springer could be gone in a couple of days. Like there's, there's all these names could look complete. Like go- we lost Garrett Cole. We as a, as a city, how many names? People that we care about. They're all gone. Mad, gone to a different place, a different opportunity. I mean, CP3. Now Russell could be gone too. Every team, freaking the Dynamo. They lost La Panterita. You know, every Albert Feliz is gone. Every team is losing big names. The and oh, that Hopkins. goes. Thank you, Kenneth. Yeah, Goodness. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I'll go through the list real quickly. I have it in my head right now, and this is just about stability, right? The front office. Let's start there. 2017 Astros scandal comes out earlier this year, so Jim Crane ends up firing AJ Luno, and 
I'm not uh, excuse sure. Me, AJ AJ Hinch. Yeah, one. AJ, AJ Hinch, excuse me. I had both of them confused. AJ Hinch and Jeff Luno. And by the way, Jeff Luno now suing the Houston Astros for his contract worth about $22 million. Ben Ryder's podcast finally wrapped up. Highly recommend that. It's I haven't heard the last one yet. No spoilers. Oh, ooh, boy. Ben Ryder was in his bag. He went hard at the team. Okay, so we got those two, right? And then Garrett Cole on the player side. So there's there's three right there. Then you have with the Rockets. Let's focus on them. Chris Paul traded. That was uh, that was going into season. So 2020, we already knew he was gone. Right. So uh, then you lose Mike D'Antoni, Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey goes to the Sixers. So there's stability right there, front office stability. With the Texans, the firing of Bill O'Brien, GM and head coach, gone. DeAndre Hopkins, gone. So it's that's just okay, all stability me. moves. It's all stability moves. What's worse, the Buffalo loss to the, the Oilers' Buffalo loss or DeAndre Hopkins getting traded for absolutely no reason? What is the worst moment? It would have to be the Buffalo loss. I don't know, man. That that DeAndre trade is just stupid. Am I allowed to say stupid on TV? Yeah, why not? I don't know. I'm just I'm asking. Can I? Can yeah, you give me permission? I, okay. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and clear it. I'm going to clear it with the RCC. Stupid trade. Stupid. Man, it is, it's nuts, man. I, I, I'm so curious to see what Raphael Stone, he's like, yay, I finally get my GM job. And this is like the first week on the job. And he oh, has, you got to trade this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to trade Russell Westbrook. PJ Tucker's not happy with how much money he's making. Uh, you got former oh. players just talking about everything. What it, about the house? Wild. Like I see that. Daniel oh, yeah. House upset with his role. Daniel Yo. House, what are you doing? Come on, man. Like, I mean, first off, there's a new coach, so you don't know your role. Hey, secondly, uh, your role with that team, you got in trouble and got kicked out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, the one thing that I did read that kind of intrigued me was that he did challenge some of the superstars. And I'm okay with that. I like when certain players are seeing something that isn't being done, challenging their players. So I give them props for that. Absolutely. I do like yeah. that. Um, I do like guys trying to put James Harden back in line and tell him, hey, we get it, you're James Harden, but this is still part of a team. Chris Paul did that, and guess what happened? Chris Paul was like, hey, uh, you're moving out, by the way. You're done. James doesn't like you anymore, so beat it. And he goes to Oklahoma City. It was within one possession of beating the Rockets in the first round. Uh, Lou Dort, remember, goes off for 30-plus points. James Harden has another stinker of a Game 7, one for nine from three-point line. So it's... It's like at some point they're going to have to understand as an organization. And this is, and by the way, that could happen in two years because James is done. His contract is over in two years. If they bring him back, we don't know. But in two years, they're going to have to refigure all this out with not much to build around because they don't have many picks either. Yeah. So hopefully, Raphael Stone, by the way, I think it's pronounced Raphael. Is it Raphael? I think. That's how I they've been saying, saying it. Yeah. I, I, I was saying it as Raphael's too. It, it's hard and overrated. Um, Shawandera says, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, is he overrated? I don't know if he's over. He's one of the most gifted scoring NBA players I have ever seen. Right? But you can – it's like Craig Hodges, great three-point shooter back in the day, right? But I don't necessarily want to build my team around him. And I'm not saying you don't build your team around James. I do say maybe maximizing some other parts of his game have been neglected. I think maybe getting rid of the the dribble dribble offense that we do so many times, we that they do so many times. Those are all reasons. I think with James, you see how how amazing he is, but how amazing he really could be. You could maybe get rid of a couple points per game, but have more possessions. And I know he he passes the ball. I do. I'm talking more at the end of games, the way their structure is with three minutes in a tight game, which is most playoff games. 
I, I would be okay with him, you know what, taking a few offensive possessions off and like really dialing it on defense as well. That'd be nice as well. I know he's the greatest post defender we've ever seen in our lives, and he's just changed the game because of the four possessions in the post that he defends, and the Rockets were running that around like, hey, this is the greatest defense ever, and he had a great defensive stop against Lou Dort when it mattered. I get that, but I wish he would dial in a little bit more on that end. I wish he would lead a little bit more, but... Again, I don't think a guy is going to change his stripes this late in the game, especially when he's been this successful. Hey, um, this is a completely off-topic conversation that, you know, I, st- I think of things that kind of get the fire in me going, so I'll bring it up to you. Uh, my buddy, Big Sarge, you know Big Sarge, right? Yeah. He tweeted something the other day that got me hot. Like, I, I was upset, all right? Hot and I don't bottom? usually get hot. Yeah. He, he <laughs> tweeted, and that's, and by the way, I've spoken to him. He's my buddy, right? So this is, this is hot sports take argument. Not like mad at each other argument, right? Just to make sure everybody knows. Um, and I should give him a chance to go on the show and tell us. But I'm just going to bring up the question he brought up. He said, who's the worst Rocket of all time? And I believe w- w- the worst to wear a Rockets uniform of all time. The first example he gave was Kelvin Cato. The second was Scotty. And the third was my favorite player of all time. Uh-oh. Charles Barkley. I said that it was, you know, sports radio malpractice by putting Charles's name in there. I have since done some Google searches. He's not the only one who thinks that, by the way. A lot of people think Charles was terrible. A lot terrible. of people, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I, I cringe at that thought. Um, when he first said I was like, this is ridiculous. And I still think it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. Uh, because I'm like, dude, Zon Tabak. Like, <laughs> I can name Charles Jones. I can name, you know, Matt Maloney, Brent Ty Price. Lawson. How about yeah, Ty, Ty Lawson? Ty Lawson was just the like, worst. One right? of Daryl's greatest signings. Um, but Steve Francis, the second time, like there's a, a lot of like names you could throw in there. Uh, but I, I did see that some people use that name, not only for interactions and just to get, you know, evoke a response like I got, uh, no, Sharon, Charles Barkley was not horrible as a rocket. They had the greatest record in franchise history up until this James Harden era with, uh, Charles on the Rockets that first year, they were very good for the first three out of four years. The one thing that people love to point at, and I think they're exactly right is, he got chubby and out of shape that last season in Houston and got hurt, I believe, like in the first month of the season, done for the year. So he came back into the last game. Um, I think all that is fair, uh, but I don't think he was bad at all. He wasn't um, – his first game as a Rocket, by the way, against the Phoenix Suns, his former team, 33 points, 33 rebounds. I don't know if you – I think it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. And they were one illegal screen away from potentially going to the NBA Finals. Well, from forcing a game Four. seven. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Potentially yeah. going there. You still have to play that game in uh, that would have been in Houston or Utah, uh, Utah, right? Yeah. Game seven would have been there. So, I mean, I, mean, I don't think his I don't think his tenure was that bad here either. Well, the reason I, 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 I hey, he's my favorite player. And I understand he just they tra- he plays the same as as uh, hard and dribble, dribble. I get all that. Look, mm-hmm. I, I understand the weaknesses in his game and also what made him great. Uh, but I, I just believe he was brought in to beat Seattle. Because if people forget, they had lost to Seattle uh, the year before the championship, and they were swept the year after the second championship by Seattle. Swept. Mm-hmm. Okay, So they brought in Charles, and they beat Seattle with Matt Maloney at point guard, by the way. You know, just saying, and Matt's my, my buddy. But, like, they beat – okay. Then they take on Utah, who had figured it out. And Carl Malone had taken to his game to another level, and Charles had it. Charles and Dream were on – they were on the way down. They weren't the same players. Charles still averaged, what, 12 rebounds a game, still gave you 18 points per game. Dream was still giving you 25, I believe, at that time. But they, it wasn't the same dominance. So had it been a year or two earlier, I think they won a championship. But they didn't. And ultimately, you're 
uh, graded by your championships. That's why people say Daryl Morey was a, a failure. They say Mike D'Antoni was a failure. There's a lot of reasons there. Uh, this is an interesting comment from Joseph. He says, do we get rid of guard, uh, Gordon, House, McLemore, Tucker? What do you do with the bench? You know, D'Antoni failed the bench. How do you guys feel about the eight to nine man rotation? I think that question can't be answered until we figure out what's going to happen with Westbrook and or yeah. Harden, right? Because if let's say they, they have a they, they have a meeting and they talk it out, hash everything out and Westbrook is like, OK, cool, let's give this one more try. Then you have to start keeping some of those guys to keep a roster that can hopefully uh, get you a little bit deeper in the playoffs. Now, if they trade both of those guys away, um, then you start selling off some of these parts and try to get something in return and start rebuilding. And you're officially in tank mode, right, to try to right. see what you can get next year. So it, it just depends, Joseph, on what happens with the upcoming potential trade with Russell Westbrook and or James Harden. And but Houston sports, right? Really, like there was a long time that people were like, man, Houston doesn't get the respect. Now Houston's just hated on all levels. Yeah. People think the Texans are a joke of an organization, right? And there's been some front office moves this week and some other stuff that has happened in that organization. People think they're a joke. Everybody hates the Astros, even though I think I just think they're a bunch of great guys. <laughs> I, know, I know that <laughs> I know the narrative beyond Houston is they're not, but I, I know them on a different level. Um, and uh. Again, more on the Barkley trade. We're moved on. Uh, and then who who else do people hate? Uh, I'd say the, the the Astros. Oh, and everybody hates the Rockets. People have not liked the Rockets since James Harden got there. They're an yeah. easy team to hate. And, and frankly, they make it easy to be hated as well, right? When you start leaking reports like the Rockets did about their Game 7, they didn't get enough calls when you look at the box score and you go, dude, you guys missed 27 straight three-pointers, Okay. You guys did that as well. You had a lead in the first half in Game 7 against the Warriors in 2017, right? So you had the lead, and you missed all those three-pointers. And then the next year when you play the Warriors, you leak the report after Game 1 because you didn't get enough calls. That's like baby moves right there, right? Like People are going to make fun of you. People aren't going to like you for that. People don't like right. the way James Harden plays. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. They That's them, right? Um, but the Rockets are easy to hate as well. So I, I get it. Like, I... To me, it doesn't matter if the national hate or national writers don't respect you. The best thing you can do is go win, a la what the Astros did. They were one They were one game away from making it to the World Series. And, you know, Jeff Passan, uh, Buster Only, all these guys can write anything they want. But they, they don't impact your play on the field. You can change that narrative with your play. And the Astros almost did that getting back to the World Series. I want to answer this because I think – there, there's a lot of, I don't want to say misinformation, but there's a lot of different ways you can take this question. What, what do you guys have on Silas? Why him over proven guys like Van Gundy? Well, let's take it one by one. I think if they had their choice, they would have had Doc Rivers, right? But Philadelphia moved quickly, got Doc Rivers. And and maybe Daryl already knew where he was going. He's like, dude, these guys are getting close to getting Doc. Who knows, right? You, you don't know. You don't know. you don't know at that point. Because there are rumors out there that I've been told off the record that, uh, that Morley was probably going to leave. They knew for a while, like for a while. It was just, so if true or not, um, you know, I think he had his, the, the Rockets' best interest when he was with them, and I think it just came to a time for him to move on. But let's just say Doc Rivers is out of the question, right? Okay? Out, out of the question. Then who do you have? Who, who are the left? Uh, Ty Lu ended up wanting to go elsewhere, right? So okay. you don't get tired. But uh, real quickly on Ty Lue, that report yesterday also said that Harden and Westbrook really wanted Ty Lue. So I just want to throw that in there. But again, Ty Lue gets to decide where he's going to go. Yeah, and so Ty Lue goes elsewhere. Uh, Van Gundy. As much as I would love Van Gundy 
for many reasons. I mean, he's an elite coach. I think he's when that when I haven't had to cover him as a head coach as a member of the media. I've heard he's very difficult to deal with in that setting. But uh, as much as I would love him in today's NBA, I don't know if a dominant personality like Jeff Van Gundy meshes with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I just don't know if it works. Uh, and that that was my big question. I mean, do you think it would have worked? I don't think so. I, again, I, I, unless James signs off on it, James isn't a player. The, the closest example we can use of Jeff right now in today's NBA is Tom Thibodeau, in my opinion. Right? He's a Tom Thibodeau guy uh, or Jeff Van Gundy guy anyways. Um, but they're similar in that they're going to preach defense. They're going to work you really hard. They want, uh, you know, 100% all the time. I don't know if that works with a guy like James. And I'm glad that it wasn't Jeff that ended up uh, coming here. One, because I love him as a broadcaster. I would rather watch him on uh, ABC games and ESPN games. But two, I don't think it would have worked. With Steven Silas, though, I think it could have worked with both Westbrook and Harden. And even if it doesn't, you have a coach that I think can be part of a good rebuild because in two years, both guys are gone anyways. Their contracts right. are done. So I, I think it was a really good signing. And I think he, just because he's a first-time coach, we hold him uh, in a different light because, oh, he's a first-time coach. But he's been around the NBA. He's been on benches of successful teams for nearly 20 years. Like, this guy is more than ready. Yeah, and look, there's a, several reasons why he was probably the attractive offer. Is he cheaper? Yeah, he is. Value is okay. You can evaluate value, yeah. right? Okay. Secondly, he gets the young NBA style of game. He understands it. If you want to give him the credit for what happened in Dallas or in other stops, he deserves some of the credit, right? I mean, it's – and he's already said the right buzzwords for me. In that press conference, he said he doesn't want to see a stagnant defense or a stagnant offense. To me, he won me right there. Now, is it going to work? I don't know. I wasn't a part of the interview process. But I think if when you evaluate all things, he was probably the best option at the time. The best option would have been Doc Rivers, but a lot of people thought that would have been a disaster as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Doc Rivers, great. You won the championship with the, the big three and Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. You haven't done anything since. You've you've been part of some of the biggest choke jobs in NBA history. Yep. So uh, I, I don't know if he would have worked either. So who knows, man? This is going to be interesting to watch and play out. I want to talk about uh, real quickly. Can we talk about an actual game that's coming up? Okay. Do you have any hope? Do you have anything for as an Aggies fan? All right. As a guy who went to Texas A and M. Yep. Is there any chance they sneak into the Final Four and get into the college football playoffs? Okay. So first off, what, however I answer this question, I get roasted. Why? That's the fact. Because when I Doubt A&M, Aggies tell me I'm not a real Aggie. And I'm just saying, I doubt A&M because I have battered Aggie syndrome. I do. I have it. Okay. Much I have, like I'm Houston battered sports. Yeah. Yeah. And battered Houston syndrome, right? Like battered Houston sports fans. I did a whole video on this. Like, you you, you know, when the when the Texans were up a million points to the Kansas City Chiefs, I know I wasn't the only one who knew it wasn't going to last. Oh, yeah. We all knew. We all. I, and, and some people are like, come on, man. Stop being negative. My opinion doesn't affect the games. Okay, it's just an opinion at the moment, and it can change. They fluctuate. So, can A and M sneak into the college football playoff? Absolutely, they can. They're playing very good football. I think their s schedule is the rest of the way is a very winnable, manageable schedule. Mm -hmm. But I also recognize, and I'm giving you two answers. It's A and M. We blow a game that we shouldn't every year or two, right? So, can they? Yes. Will they? Man, I can't say that. Like you know, like. I, um, and when I understand was the last like, time they let you down, though. When was the last time A and M let you down for real? Like the UCLA game? 
they, the one oh, that they absolutely Kevin let Sumlin's me down. final year. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I think they've let me down in other. There's little middle tier games that they have lost that you expect them to win. Um, look, I would say that so far Jimbo has been less than impressive, but I also know it takes time to build a, a, a team. It takes time to get your culture in there. It takes time to win. Um, Kellen Mond this year has been a plus, absolutely been a plus. At moments last year, he tried to do too much, didn't get the offensive line help. There's a lot of things that happen, um, you know, but everybody in college football, Hill, you see this with the University of Texas. You can say it about Nebraska. There's really only a couple of halves right now. There's Clemson and there's Alabama. And then you got a couple of teams that are in that little vicinity. I'll give Georgia some props there, right? They're really close. But for the rest of us, the Nebraskas of the world, the AMs, the Texas, the USC's, a lot of teams are not winning the way people expect them to win. And yeah, for the I mean, money that they have spent. Absolutely. I, I think Texas is number one in that. And, and look, I'm a proud Longhorn and and I thought this was the year with a senior quarterback and a deep team and all this great stuff that they would make a run to the college football playoffs. But instead, they've lost their two games already. They're out of the running. They could still get into the Big 12 championship game if they win out, which would be, I guess, a nice consolation prize. But they're done. I think a and it didn't look it. It didn't help that the Irish beat Clemson without uh, Trevor Lawrence. Because now that's a built-in excuse, and you just go, look, we didn't have our best quarterback, right. our best player, all that stuff, right? So it, no matter what happens, if Clemson wins out, they're probably still going to get in, and that's where A&M gets, uh, gets hurt in the, the Final Four. And with Notre Dame, if they win out, they're more than likely in, so that kind of hurts as well. And I, I'm not sure on this one what the championship game is like with the ACC this year, so I need to look that up before I comment any further. I don't think they're going to play each other again, Clemson, Notre Dame. So you do get hurt in that. But I think if A&M wins out and they avoid the SEC championship game, that helps them a lot. That helps them a lot because that's one less opportunity to lose and one more opportunity for another team in front of you get knocked out, whether it be if Florida jumps you or if Al is in that uh, SEC championship game. There is a chance, and I also believe, I don't think anybody's getting in from the Big 12. There's too many two-team losses. Nobody's getting in from the Pac-12. I think they're all going to, uh, again, eat each other alive. So there is a chance, and I can't believe I'm the one saying this. You guys, I think, will get in now. I don't know. Look, the Auburn game at, towards the end of the season, I know they're reshuffling the schedule now. Uh, that, that's not that's not a gimme. I mean, they, it depends what Auburn team shows up. It depends what A&M team shows up. Mm -hmm. Remember, just a month, six weeks ago, we were talking about the Vanderbilt game. Like, you know, who, who do we have? Chris Myers from ESPN on. And we we're like, man, <laughs> did not look good against Vanderbilt. And now they're, you know, they're crushing fools. Now they, they got to take this week off because of COVID. But can they win out? Sure. Is that going to be enough to get into the college football playoff? I don't know. But I will say, as a, an Aggie fan that has heard for the last few years, why do you guys go to the SEC? You ain't going to ever win it. It's just nice to be in the conversation. Like, it, it is nice. And, and for Texas, I would say something's very similar to you, Raheel. The way the season started, the fact that you guys have a chance to go to the Big 12 championship game, uh, I, as an Aggie fan, I want it because I want to keep Tom Herman there for a little bit longer. I, I would like that for us. <laughs> and uh, there is, if you guys don't get in, if AM doesn't get in, and you are the second team in the SEC, right? Let's say Alabama gets in or Florida gets in, whoever, right? You're the second team and Texas wins the Big 12. Can we finally get Texas versus Texas A&M in one of the bowl games? Is, would well, that be enough? 
as, as an Aggie, I don't want that game because it could only go south for us. We're expected to win. No. So if the, no, if the situation was reversed, game. I'd be okay with it. Yes, I want, yes. Texas. I want Tom Herman against the Aggies in a bowl game because Tom Herman is awesome in bowl games, not good against uh, T- TCU, not good against three. Kansas State. I but, want him in week three. Come on. Yeah, you, yeah, that's exactly when you want them. <laughs> you don't want a Tom Herman team in a bowl game. You want him like, yeah, week three after an Oklahoma or looking ahead to an Oklahoma yeah. game. I will say this during his time at U of H, and I, you know, I don't, I don't pay as much attention now that he's at Texas, but his time at U of H, if he had two weeks to prepare for a team, or if they were a huge team, that team was. I mean, Oklahoma, hello, that's the one I always go to. The Florida State game as well uh, in the bowl game. Uh, yeah. So, but no, I, I don't want that matchup right now, man. Uh, things so, are going too well. ACC, it's going to be the top two teams uh, face off in the championship game. So depending on what happens, because I, I believe UNC still has to play Clemson. Uh, shout out to Mac Brown doing great stuff over there. Yeah. Let's say both teams went out in Clemson and Notre Dame. It, they will match up again and one will be eliminated. So again, you guys could sneak in. I, I would love to see it. Uh, and again, it goes back to why did you guys go to the SEC? You're never going to compete. That's why. That's how they talk. Everybody who says it talks like this. I don't know. They do. Why do they I don't know. It could be a woman, and they talk like that. It could be a little <laughs> child. They talk like that. They all, like, when they talk hey, about Mr. A&M Mugio, and SEC. What are you doing in the SEC? You're so dumb. I don't know. Never going to win. Maybe. Maybe not, but we're having fun. By the way, did you see Did you see that uh, your beloved Lane's Chicken Fingers is coming to Katie? They're bringing Lane's and Katie, really? Yeah, they are. They are bringing it to Katie. You know, that, that's I don't want it in Houston. It's kind of like in and out There's certain places that... When you go out of town, it's okay to break your diet. But when they're in town, you just like, oh man, I'm not gonna have lanes today. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna. I can't have In and Out. I haven't had In and Out once, by the way, um, since they've been here in Houston. Well, good because the lines are still really, really long. You're no matter not, what time. No matter what, you're right. Like no matter what, like hey, it's uh 3:30 on a Tuesday. Line. Can, hey, can we? Uh, Eduardo's talking about your watch, giving me a hard time. What kind of watch do you have on, bro? I just have my Apple Watch on. Oh, he says you're outclassing me. I got the... You're a Garmin guy. I got my Garmin, which is like the greatest watch in the history of athletic watches. I don't know what he's talking about. Different different strokes for different folks because you are... That's more of a training watch. And mine is more of a, you know, everyday watch that has a training element to it. Social status watch. It is a social status watch. A snobby watch. watch. A snobby watch. Mine is snobby in a certain community. But mm-hmm. outside of my community, people are like, what is he wearing? That's huge, man. They got yeah. like a name frame on your wrist. Why are you wearing an old Casio? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And okay, so for those of you that are still watching, we are going to be joined by uh, one of the local trainers around town, one of our good friends, Jay Sataria of uh, Sataria Training and Fitness in just a couple of minutes. But I do want to say, uh, do want to bring this up, excuse me. If you are looking for a great chicken recipe okay the adobo barbecue chicken recipe you're like man i would love adobo barbecue chicken check out our recipe available right now on abc13.com you and i uh met up uh, earlier last month and we actually did one of these uh cooking videos with goya and i really want people to go watch that well apparently people are watching it uh are they look i know that i am known as the greatest chef in the market. I, I get that. You know, you got names like Caswell and uh, what's the name of the other guy? Ryan, um, Ryan Lashane. And Shepard. Like, I, look, and then you got Nuno, right? I know that. Like, I am known for, like, the way I can put stuff in the microwave. And, 
Uh, I'm, I, I get it. Like it's, it's an elite company, but I'm so happy that you've been able to join us on our last couple of shoots to, to you know, at least I can learn your style for you. Yeah. Cause I'm more, I'm more rustic. You know, you're more, you're more prepared. Let's get, I'm more rustic. I just kind of, I, I just go with it. I go with the flow. So we have different cooking styles. I'm so excited for the next one that's going to be released here pretty soon. Uh, it's a hot cocoa recipe and I love hot cocoa. So be on the lookout for that one. I also want to let you know that your boy here has entered the next level of coffee games. Okay. You know, I love my cold brew, yeah. but now I am in the, I'm in the espresso game as well. I got an espresso machine. So you got to come over because I can make you any kind of coffee now. Like whatever you want, I got you. All right. I, I, will, I will absolutely do it. I have to wear my mask because, you know, uh, so I'm listening to Ben Greenfield's book, Boundless. And we're going to mm -hmm. have Ben on the show here in a couple of weeks. If you guys don't know who he is, yeah. he's a he, he was actually credited as the first guy with a fitness podcast years back. Uh, New York Times bestselling author. Dude is ripped. Dude is uh, about biohacking. And he is recommending no more than two cups of coffee per day to kind of re-energize your system because man you know me i can throw down some coffee bro but yeah what i'll have to do is have one cup at my house and then go to your house man i had i made myself an espresso this morning uh it was more of a latte like a chocolate latte and i am like ready to go all day long it's so much stronger than my cold brew so we're not going to get into mandalorian okay we're not no, going because you haven't watched it Come i haven't on. watched it i'm letting the show down i understand I that know, i apologize I we're going to watch the mandalorian I'm hoping to get a guest on from the show. We're still working on that. I've also requested. I'm, I, should I even say what I've requested? Is that fair to the audience? Requested. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Right. I just nobody. Everybody, press mute or mute and mute yourself. Just don't listen for a second. I've requested somebody from Wandavision. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen, uh, but I'm trying to get every Disney Plus show out there. I'm working mm -hmm. on it, guys. So I, I, I'm working on. And I do. I guess we got to tell everybody. I don't know, at some point, this show is going to move exclusively to the ABC 13 app. Um, so hopefully you guys get in the habit, if you like it, to go there. So in fact, if you're listening right now, um, I would love for you all to go and um, just go on the ABC 13 app later on today and just take a, take a look at it. Um, and Richard, my cousin, Ricky, uh, which I told you about last week, he misses my mom's Cuban coffee. Best Cuban coffee in the business, buddy. How do you make a Cuban coffee? What's the difference? It's an espresso machine. You know, you butelo, you put it in the little machine, poof, little five things of sugar. So when I see my mom make the, the coffee, I'm like, I can't have that, girl. I can't. just can't do that. But five scoops of sugar, makes it a little tacita, and you're done. And do you put any milk in it? Do you froth any milk? When you no? do the cortadito, you do. Cortadito is a bigger version. like a latte. Okay. Um, you, you take the, express, the espresso into there. You put some evaporated milk some real milk, and then you froth it. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Jay's going to be joining us pretty soon, so I want to bring up this final topic in terms of entertainment. Last night, I watched Point Break, the original Point Break from 1990 or 1991, Keanu Back Reeves, then it was Patrick great. Swayze. Okay, give me your review, what you remember of Point Break, because you watched it when it first came out, correct? Okay, so you have to realize, I know people watch it to this day. I haven't seen that movie in 30 years, Okay. I think it's Keanu Reeves. Well, I can't do his voice, but you know, Keanu Reeves. Um, oh, what's up, bro? Who, who's, who, is it Kurt Douglas? Not Kurt Douglas. No, who, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze? Love Patrick bro. Swayze. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just remember it's a bank high slash surfer movie that was really good in 1992. Can I tell you the plot? I think Keanu falls in love with the girlfriend of Patrick Swayze or the sister or something, and there's like a love scene, and they're stealing a lot of stuff, and everybody's wearing a Ronald Reagan mask. That's what I remember. I watched it and I was like, eh, it was okay. It was, like, you, it was okay. It was you can't fine. Watch, 
You have to be from the generation. You I know. have to. You have to, man. I was five years old when that movie came out. I was getting I was getting roasted on Twitter, like, how have you not watched this? And I'm like, I, it's never interested me. I've never wanted to watch it, but I came across it yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna watch this because Keanu's in it, and Keanu's just one of the most beloved celebrities ever. Why? And he's because he's such a nice guy. He's okay, such a nice that. guy. Have you watched any of the John Wicks? I think I've yeah, told no, okay. you. Yeah, I okay. love those movies. I okay. love those movies. But I just feel like the major, he's the same guy in every movie. Yes, he is. He is. One thing I won't watch, I guarantee I'll never watch, and this won't surprise you. The Bill and Ted movie? Oh, no, no chance. chance. No chance. I'm not going to watch it either. No chance. I'll watch that. Zero. Zero. I'm and, not watching the remake, nothing. I, I'm and the, good. And the Borat movie that you tried to get me to watch? Oh, 100%. Seven minutes. Terrible. You, you should watch at least like 35 minutes in one of the mo- when you get to the dance scene it's one of the most cringe scenes i've ever seen like i had to turn it off bro it was yeah, that I bad. just i love that guy uh but i just i can't remember his name what's his name um borat was uh Sasha oh, no. Baron Cohen. Sasha, yeah i love him yeah. great actor great comedian i just can't get into that to that um uh, hey so we're gonna talk a little fitness we've been lying to the public aj jason charia joined us here SDF uh, Houston. So we've been talking for months that we are going to do some kind of like fitness slash videos, but we never do it. Like we're, we're, we're just full of baloney. Um, but when we do it, Jay, we're coming to hang out with you. All right. And, and I don't know if you know this, Jay, I wore that same shirt on the podcast the other day. This one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. saw you wearing that. Thanks for the shirt, Jay. Where's mine? Thanks for, thanks for repping it. We give so much <laughs> stuff away and guys don't wear it. So it's good to hear the opposite side of it. So uh, Jay is with STNF, as you mentioned, uh, Nuno, and we've done stories with Jay. You actually had Isaiah on uh, last week, Robert Covington. We featured him as well. Uh, you just opened up the new location. It's not new anymore, but it's new still for the people that are listening. Um, tell everyone how you got started in fitness, because I was there when you first started, and this is such a great story. How? Just tell everyone how you started and where you are now, because it's amazing. Well... You know, I keep it condensed for you guys, but long story short, I was actually supposed to be a physical therapist. It's what I had told my parents from the time that I was in high school, probably. Um, and then when I got to college, my dad had the idea. He said, look, you're always in the gym, um, you know, growing up being an athlete. And it just kind of morphed into working out, right? So he said, you're always in the gym. You ever thought about making some money while you're, while you're training, while you're uh, in school? And so we found a program that was a hands-on program, 500 hours of schoolwork, and um, it was for personal training. And I ended up loving what I was doing and to the point where, you know, I was so invested in it that I was asked by the instructor of the program to be an assistant instructor. So that's what I did for four years. And during that four years, we had a slew of students come on, and one of them was actually a physical therapist from England. And... Being detailed with her, I found, you know, she was a little bit, physical therapists in general, they're very kind of one-dimensional, right? It's like rehab, 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 and then boom, you're off, you're cleared, and you go and do your thing. And I didn't like that, right? So I said, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna just I'm gonna stick to personal training, and I'm going to be kind of like a jack-of-all-trades. I can do the performance. You know, to me, that's the easy part. Uh, but I also have a, a, enough knowledge to fix somebody and provide a one-on-one service of a rehabilitative standpoint that maybe physical therapists can't. And that pissed my, my dad off, uh, obviously. Uh, you can't make good money. You, you, know, you, won't, you won't have a steady, steady hours, steady income, whatever, whatever. And it wasn't until uh, I landed you know, Dwight Howard as a client. And that just, you know, 
I got a random text from a guy that happened to be sitting at the same wedding reception table as my dad. And he said, he said, Hey, you don't know me, but I was at a wedding reception with your dad. And I found it funny how you're, you're a personal trainer and your brother's a doctor and your dad couldn't stop talking about you. And I was like, you know, cause my dad would never tell me this stuff. Right. Like he's, so it, it made, it was actually pretty cool. And then it just morphed into like, you know, you jump from one facility, you outgrow it, you go to the next one, you outgrow it. And now we're at a point where in March, you know, right before COVID, we were able to open our own. Hey, Jay, uh, we talked a little bit about your relationship with Dwight when I was at the gym a couple of weeks back. Uh, right. Talk about how instrumental he was in giving you some cachet, uh, some name recognition and w- what kind of guy he was to you. Because I know he, he, he means a lot to you. He So I always say without Dwight, I wouldn't. I wouldn't probably, I probably wouldn't be a trainer still. Um, it's a really hard industry. It's so saturated, right? And so it's really hard to get ahead in the industry. And for Dwight to hire me as his personal strength coach and take me to Miami, Vegas, Dubai, China, put me in contact with, you know, the crown prince and, and, and the facilities in Dubai and, you know, the, the agencies that he was with in, in China. Um, it was instrumental in the fact that you know, it, it's it, it, like I'll, I'll forever be in debt to Dwight um, and, and guys around the league, other players took notice of it, even though he didn't post much about me on social media and things, which is fine uh, because guys are still going to see it, you know, and uh, that kind of more of that. I said the biggest the next biggest client that I got off of that was um, DJ Augustine. Uh, and, you know, both of those are like, yeah, UT boy. Yeah. And, and so both of those guys to me are like, you know, they're kind of like the originals with, with me and they've done a lot for me. What is it like training athletes of that caliber? As you mentioned, I mean, you played basketball in high school, you and I played on rec teams together and, and there's like so many different levels of athleticism, right? When you actually work out with these guys and work them out, just how different is it? And how, just how good are they? I'm freakishly good. Right. And, and what I always say is like the general population, you know, the rec athlete like you and I, we always strive to kind of get better. Right. And, and then you have a threshold like, you know, early 20s to mid 20s where we can actually establish some of those performance improvements. But guys like Dwight, DJ, you know, first of all, you know, not many people know, but Dwight was coming off of, a, of a, an MCL sprain uh, that, he, that he had in the playoffs the year before. And so the, the goal was just be healthy. DJ uh, patellar tendonitis for the first nine years of his pro career. So the goal was let's get rid of this tendonitis because it's a, it's not allowing you to be the player that you know you can be, right? And so my job is less performance and more like let's keep guys healthy. And I think that's what separates our group from from others out there. Is so much it's so easy to say push the sled down and back five times, right? But why does your knee hurt when you're doing it? Mm. Right? And, and guess what? In the back of your mind as a professional athlete playing at the highest level, if you're in pain, that's where your mind is. You're not 100% locked in on the game. Hey, Jay, uh, we have a topic out there, and I know you work with a lot of NBA players, so I, I, I probably shouldn't ask you, but I'm going to ask you regardless. All right? how, how do we fix the Rockets, man? I know you're, <laughs> you're an NBA guy. Uh, I have, I have my, uh, my thoughts that I'll tell you guys off the record. All right. But uh, well, let me let me phrase it like this: Can 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 the Rockets win with James Harden? Let me phrase man. it like this. Let me phrase it like this. <laughs> Rephrase it can, one more can, time. Can, can, 
Can the Texans run with James Harden? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Man, you're gonna get my, you're gonna get James. Yeah, I, I, trouble. I, I, I got I gotta be smart. All right, how about this? Do you see something you like from Steven Silas? I do. Okay. I do. And you know, the, the news right now, and I'll talk about this is Russell Westbrook at, you know, not being happy. And you know, I don't I don't have any source that says that he's asked for a trade or anything like that. Um, but if he's not happy, chances are, you know, he he may be not may may not be a rocket next year. But Russ Westbrook is still in a point of his career where we can get some assets for him. And point blank, it was going to be a new system whether we have the same team that we finished last season with or whether we bring in new pieces, right? Nothing, nothing changes besides the pieces. So now we have a new coach. Why don't we start to bring in guys that complement his system? Great answer. That's, yeah, that's good, answer. good answer. That's a nice. That's a nice answer. Where you're not going to get in trouble. I like that. Yeah, because... I mean, I, I asked the question, and in the middle of it, I was like, I really can't ask this. <laughs> Jay, um, so you, I mean, you work with a lot of athletes, but you also work with us normal people, right? And and so many of us are now working from home or sitting on the couch a lot longer, maybe not focusing on our health as much. Do you have some tips that you can give to our viewers of? whether it be a stretch that can help open things up or something that can get them back in the flow, any, any kind of advice? Well, the number one thing is just move. You know, we, it's so obviously being in an office, uh, it's, it's hard enough to get out of your office and or your cubicle and move. Right. But there are certain points of the day where that's mandatory. You're going to have to get up and use the restroom. You're going to have to go to a meeting. So that's, that's all good. Right. But it's so easy to fall into a trap of not moving at home. Right. Cause you're comfortable. And so, number one, you've got to move. Number two, we're probably seeing. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the clients that come in here on the, on the general population side. They're coming in and saying that their backs are hurting a little bit more, their necks are a little bit more tight, and all of this just contributes to a lack of movement, right? And so, if we could do some of these, some, some basic, basic mobility slash activation drills. I mean, we, we first time somebody comes in here, we use one. We don't touch a weight, right? And we use one piece of equipment, and that's a, a resistance band. And that's it. And and so if somebody can just do that, I mean, you know, we're easy to get a hold of. Uh, and it, it for, but a fundamental level, man, it's just moving because okay. movement takes pain away and lack of movement causes pain. So, Jay, I got to follow that up with. So you're telling me that all these years and I still do it to this day. I don't really warm up, man. I just go, you know, like, hey, I mean, the worst, like. <laughs> Like, I feel like my, like if I go run, let's say six miles, my first mile is the warm up mile. And I know that's wrong, but that's just what I do. Uh, sometimes I warm up my legs. Chest, yeah, I'll do 135, 15 times. All right, let's go. You know, like, um, so am I doing it all wrong? Like, what, what would be your suggestion for somebody who's on a time budget but wants to get a lot in? Are you still in college? Because that's how I worked out in college. Yeah. Yeah. Well, See, David? I, th I think physically I might be. Yeah, no, and that's the hardest part, right? We always think that we mentally are in the same spot that we were years ago All right and it's hard to separate that and then take a seat back and say man I'm, I'm not that guy anymore so really david you're not doing it wrong because if your goal is to is to perform and be strong and all that go for it but i will tell you that your risk of injury is going to go up mm. see david told you that's well, why I, it takes me like 20 minutes to warm up yeah i, I I'm, if i don't have an, an hour and a half between clients I'm typically not working out because I won't get a proper warm up and a proper workout. I'll just be pissed off that it was a shorted. So, so what should be? Is it is it 15 minutes? Can you get a proper warm up in 10, 15 minutes? How quickly from the warm up can you go to your your actual strength training? 
I would say about 10 minutes if you do it right. Uh, your heart rate will be up. Uh, and then, honestly, I say 10 minutes, but five of that is just warming up on a bike, an elliptical, something that gets the, the blood flow going, right? And then the next five minutes would just be a pretty detailed uh, series of movements that are back-to-back. Right? And then once you completed that, it takes about five more minutes of that stuff, and you're good to go. You know, but I, I, David, I do the same thing. Like, so I'll do all of that, like the prep work, I call it, like the 10 minutes, 15 minutes of prep work. And then I'll put 135 on the bench. And that's my warm, that's my true first warm up set. Right. So, but, hey, man, but we, yeah. We got to get, so I, I told David this and I connected you with Sam as well. I think all four of us need to go work out one day uh, and, and just, and just do it and just get out there and, and you put us through some stuff. Sam's going to put us some, uh, through some wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait. We'll We're all going to put each other through some stuff because we all bring a gift. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because like if I'm over here doing Sam Windsor workouts, like running through the stadium and dying and pulling hamstrings <laughs> and getting hurt. I'm going to put you guys through an Ironman workout. That's how we're going to roll. And Raheel, you're, what are you going to do? Like mud wrestling? What are you going to get us into? <laughs> I'm going to get you guys through uh, some cross training. I will, I will get you guys worked up too. So, so then I'll just warm you guys up. Yeah, you warm us up, Jay. Don't, you know, that's you can I... help us get us all going. Functionally, we'll be good. <laughs> Man, we appreciate it. By the way, you can find uh, Jay and STF Fitness on Instagram. Follow them there. Get in touch with them. Uh, you can find their information everywhere. STNF. And uh, the new location right there off of 59 and West Park, it's awesome. It's easy to get to, man. And it's so cool to see you just keep growing and growing. And we're proud of you, man. I appreciate you guys and, and all the support that you guys have given since we've been open and even before that, Rahil. So, you know, you guys have been instrumental in our growth as well. And then, you know, you already know you guys are welcome here anytime. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. By the way, Jay's yeah. working on my posture because, man, How's dude. How's that going for you, David? I'm doing it. I don't know if I'm getting better, but I'm doing it every day. Every single day I'm doing it. So I use, I kind of use that as my activation, as my uh, warm-up for the record. Yeah, perfect. So I always ask this question, better, worse, or same? So are you feeling better, worse, or same, or the same after you started doing those things? I've never felt bad. So I don't know if, if the answer is better, worse, or same. I don't think my posture's improved yet. Um, I catch myself on TV. Guys, full disclosure, this is inside baseball. I don't like the way I stand sometimes. I'm like, man, why am I all like, like you know, looking like an old woman? Um, but not, not that there's anything wrong with being an old woman. I just don't want to stand like one. Uh, and, and Jay gave me some tips to try to fix it. So I'm working on it. Let's keep it going. You, you got go, it, man. man. Jay, thank you. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Man. I appreciate it. Right. Uh, you know, Jay, I'm gonna, one day I'm going to go on his podcast. He's going to ask me to rate the ABC 13 personalities that I dislike and put me on the yeah, spot. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you to Jay. Thank you to everyone for watching. I have to get going. you got to get ready as well for uh, a bunch of news. No, let's go for another hour, Real. The, the people are I demanding can't. it. I oh, can't. Right. I can't. <laughs> all right. I got to bounce. Uh, appreciate it. We'll we'll catch up again on Sunday after the Texans game. And uh, they're still playing, right? Yeah, they're still playing as of now. As of now in Cleveland. No, the season's still going on. I mean, this has yeah. been one, one yeah. of those kind you of years. You went out. You went out and you're in the playoffs. Okay. I told you this the other day. Had they won the Minnesota game and had they won the Tennessee game, we'd be looking at them a lot different. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, David. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, man. Later.